Um, hello. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. It's, uh, thank you. You want to do it again? You did a oh, really no. nice job. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll, I'll go in. We'll take it from the top. So we'll just assume that... Uh, what was the band I'm called? Waste Management. Yeah, they're not... <laughs> They're on Christmas break. They're not here. Yeah. <laughs> and musical guest, Waste Manager. Ooh. <laughs> um, if you ever, um, you could cover them if you wanted to have a special When Will It End. Oh, my by... God. That's a great idea, actually, because I've been thinking about a little fun, like, musical project to do. Because I'm on Christmas break from work now because the university's closed. So we're not in work until january so yeah i could do a little uh, a little special oh. jingle <laughs> that'd be really good if actually i wanted to i don't know i i've listened to some of your music and none of it's been do you ever do like micro what what's it called when songs are aggressively short oh uh i don't know but i can do i can do a song as short as you want <laughs> how so how I, not gonna, long do you want it to be <laughs> i wanted to pose a project to you Excellent. if you're up for it yes and it would be um well no, I could even. Well, we'll I'll, I'll talk financials off, Mike. But um, <laughs> what I was thinking is the scene in in Totoro when he does the when he jumps and does the the umbrella scene. Oh yes, you, you've yeah, seen yeah. What I was thinking, his reactions are so intense that it sounds to me more like rather than listening to rain, he's listening to harsh noise music. <laughs> so I thought if we subbed in, got rid of the rain song. And put in maybe your, if you're up for it, doing like yes, literally that, one to five second pieces for Totoro's Adventure in the Rain. I'd love to do great. that. That'd be great. Okay. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> then, yeah, we'll definitely chat about that. That'd be really Excellent. fun. Shall I, have a, shall, I, shall, I do, shall I do the intro? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I did one episode with my friend mike and we forgot to do the intro until the very end so it's not required but if you're if you're ready to go oh yeah i could do i could do the intro i quite i quite like okay. doing it last time but um i guess we'll just... <laughs> hello and welcome once again to why won't it end oh my god <laughs> i should just do it myself you should have done it yourself this is what happens when yeah. Josh, you get a, you get a discount replacement josh <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's when will it end? You did great on the title of the show. So we're, here we go. We're in. We're right. This in. is your main feed. You're listened by tens wow. rather than individuals. Your 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 listenership is measured now in the tens. Ooh, finally, so finally. yeah. And as a You're noise the... musician, that's big. <laughs> yeah. That's oh my god, that room. Do. Can you imagine that room? Oh my god, we like Glastonbury <laughs> Festival. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember going with Josh to um. He played some gig in Portland, Maine during oh, yeah. a blizzard, <gasps> and Perfect. it was really fun. I forget where it was at, but it was uh, there ended up being like four people who made it, including no, I think I was probably number five or something. But it was uh, a really great performance in a giant room with four people standing around watching Josh. Incredible. It was Incredible. really great. I bet he rocked it like he was playing Madison Square Garden, though. Absolutely. Um, can you imagine? What's the largest venue? You've played. Um, there's a place in Birmingham that I've played a couple of times. It's like an art space called Centrala. Um, and my friend Joe, shout out to Joe, uh, put me on a couple of times. And I think there were like maybe 40 people once. And it was the wow. first, first gig back after COVID down in Birmingham. And it was like me. Oh, wow. Me, yeah, it was good. It was me and my friend Henry uh, and uh, a couple of touring noise artists, Dean. And I think it was 
it was just Dean. And it was, yeah, just really good. But it was, yeah, it was technically sold out. So I was just like, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> and it was good. It was really positive. I don't, I don't know how it's, I would do. I do karaoke. Well, I used to. I haven't done karaoke since before COVID other mm. than in my house, which mm. if you're ever in Western Massachusetts, you're welcome to come to my very private karaoke space. Right. In a um, sanctum. Yeah, I was very nervous to do it the first time, and mm. Amy, my spouse, she, um, she, it was one of her favorite things to do, and it was our second date. She invited me to join her karaoke group, oh. and I got through it by sitting. You know, everyone stands doing karaoke, and sitting mm. was a very strange. Like everyone was a little off guard. I got a nickname out of it, but I really, I think that's my performance level is to just sort of hide somewhere yeah. and hope that people uh, aren't aren't. Made more uncomfortable my presence than if I weren't there. Out of interest, what was the nickname that you got from the? Uh, uh, or could you not very say? quickly? The no, no, very quickly. <laughs> the the karaoke DJ dubbed me the sad bastard. The sad bastard. because not only did I sit down, I would also sing Elliot Smith, <sighs> just sort of like yes. all the silly sad songs that aren't very good karaoke songs because they're usually quiet and sort of. I mean, they're pleasant, but they're not. You know, I did creep. Yeah. Nirvana. Did you do Needle in the Hay? Yeah, uh, no, that I didn't do Needle in the Hay. They don't have that one. They had um the sort of non-official version of Miss Misery. The okay. like the pre-cut Miss okay. Misery. Okay. Yeah. Are you a karaoke legend anywhere? I've only done karaoke twice in my life. Once it was on a work night out, and I was extremely drunk. And I insisted on singing Purple Rain. Nobody had a good time. Nobody had a good time when that happened. And then the other time... Good choice. It's a gr- yeah, I mean, I'm a big Prince fan. And I thought I wanted to... Yeah. This was before he died, but I wanted you to... You wanted to, make, it, to the, make him proud of you. The beautiful one. Yeah, of course. The purple, the purple yeah. one. But the, the other time was... I think it was a New Year's Eve party, maybe 10 years ago. And somebody had an Xbox with whatever it was, like SingStar. And they had Lithium by Nirvana on SingStar. So I was mm. like, oh, I'll do Lithium. And I duetted with, I think it was a 10-year-old girl. And by the end of it, the 10-year-old oh girl was in tears. And I've, I've I still never really understood why. I mean... Wait, I'd, what? She was just crying. Oh, my... That's like a... If you set that up into an algorithm, that's like just immediate success. Yeah, I mean... You and a 10-year-old felt, girl singing Nirvana together. Yeah. Like, how is how could that go wrong? I mean, I think that she was perhaps just overwhelmed by the my oct- my three-octave range and... <laughs> Oh wow! So you really went into it? <laughs> yeah, it went places. It was weird. It was very <laughs> chaotic. Nice. But uh, wow! Yeah. So you've made Prince proud and Kurt proud. It sounds like yeah. in your your two performances. I hope so. I certainly hope so. Well, you can only hope that you're making Josh proud today. Oh well, I yeah. I mean, I, I went to him for some coaching before before I came on air, and uh, yeah, I have, I, he's he's given me some some pointers. Oh, good. So yeah. you have some pointers to burp a lot. Burp a lot. Um, Talk about the Grateful yeah. Dead or the Dead Dead and Company or Goose. Yeah. Um, just sort of yell at me. You can sort of just I guess yell at yell me at some you, more. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Uh, mate, you make you a know. very make a salient point, and then I just I'll just call you an idiot. Right. And belittle uh, one you. One thing a bit. he often does, which I haven't called him out on yet, but when I say something, he says he does. He often says more to the point, as though what I just said was not quite good enough all the time. <laughs> a better more version of what you just said is. <laughs> so you can say more to the when I say something, just say more to the point, mm-hmm. and then say mm-hmm. whatever you want. It doesn't even have to do with mm-hmm. anything I just said. Mm-hmm. 
that's it. I've got all the notes, and I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to roll up my trouser legs and wade in to. I have one bit of business from <sighs> last episode that I must come back to because I, yes. I I think I told you in sort of a Josh manner actually that you were wrong about something that you were very much right about. Oh wow, what was that? Uh, the Red Hog's penis. Okay. Oh, the crazy you did p- penis situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You said it was a corkscrew, and I said, yeah, I think you're thinking of ducks. And mm. I, I did do the research, and <laughs> both ducks and pigs. And I'm not saying that to say that I was also right, because I don't care at this point if I'm right. So I'll even let's leave the ducks out of it. Pigs do have corkscrew penises. And it's nice that you know you've been able to be the bigger person and admit admit you know that I knew more about animal genitalia than you than you than you do and did. You know I. I didn't really say it just like that, but it is true. And I think to go back a little bit to the Red Hog, it makes more sense that he has a crueler penis than just one that gets stuck. I don't know. He just, know. He, he vibes that way. And I think I should have just trusted that and trusted you. So I'm sorry. It's okay. I mean, I think as well from a from a, a, an aesthetic point of view, it probably works with him having a corkscrew penis because he does drink a lot of wine. That is documented in the film. <laughs> and uh, pigs have a curly <laughs> tail, so... It's on brand. So you're saying more than one use mm-hmm. he could get out of this. Yeah. No, it's nose to tail. Nose to tail. <laughs> Good lord. It's all about that life. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's a, that's the last, I don't know, the flying pig. I, I've actually brought up the flying pig in every episode since mm. we watched it mm. because I, there's that one moment that really, and I'm going to bring it up again today. Brilliant. So maybe I'll, I'll just save it. it. Yeah, but, save it because I'd be yeah, interested yeah, yeah. to hear it. I'm going to save it. Yeah. Excellent. But today we're talking about. Um, uh, uh, this I've only seen this movie twice now. I've seen it once, like nine months ago, mm-hmm. and then I watched it again just for this. Even though it is way more terrifying and intense than the latest Cronenberg, which you sort of alluded to in our t- in our correspondence. <laughs> did, um, yeah. did you see? Did you see the new one? I haven't haven't had chance to see it yet, but I might try and watch that over my uh, winter break because I am intrigued by it. I do like it's him. So yeah, I'm interested. It's what he's intriguing. Doing. What's what was it called again? It's Crimes of the Future. Yeah. Mm. He decided to have so much talk. I'm not I don't I don't want to spoil it. I want you mm. to watch it. Mm. But like get ready for just endless exposition scenes wow. where characters talk about the weird shit. And wow. if there's anything to be said about Ponyo, it's Miyazaki just displays the weird shit. Yeah, he does everything the showing is on display. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um but this is your you've seen Ponyo now twice in a week yes so i watched it the most wow. recent viewing was just i finished watching it today like just just before i came on air i had like 20 minutes left to watch from starting watching it this morning uh and then i watched it i think maybe last friday as well um ne- i'd never seen it had i remember when it came out one of my friends at the time said do you want to go and see ponyo and i was like yeah that was great that'd be a great idea and then we never went to see it and it, it just passed me by until until you mentioned it after we talk about that talked about that flying hog and it is quite the movie, Charles. Quite, right. Quite the movie. I guess, honestly, I think to go from one to the other, if you were just to watch two, I think these pair up very nicely. Both weirdly um, do. Weird love stories that don't really make any sense about awful critters that are repulsive to me on a level that, like, I don't, I'm not afraid of snakes or spiders. No. I am afraid of Ponyo. If, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't get this is like the classic Miyazaki where he presents something batshit and then just has all the characters like half the movie 
the little shit who star who's their main character, he just thinks that Ponyo's a goldfish, even though Ponyo has a head. Yeah, that's a the human thing. head. That's the thing that if it had just been if it had just been a goldfish that somehow turned into a little girl like that with no in between, I would have found this film a lot more palatable, potentially a lot less interesting. But it yeah, was, it was yeah, it was it was certainly. Uh, a bold move and the whole school of these goldfish oh with little God. identical human heads sort of in this like you know when you see the the, <laughs> the like the the monsters in the matrix like the big metal worm yeah. things it was they were swarming like that and it was giving me a lot Ugh. of heebie-jeebies someone should do that that's an amazing idea to like recut the matrix but just rather than have the squiddies have little little ponyos or whatever their names are little <laughs> yeah. brunhildes yeah <laughs> I had already vacated this from my mind when I watched it the first time. So I was sort of blown away by how wonderful and lush the opening mm, eight seconds are. Mm. The music's pretty nice. There's jellyfish. Mm. There's underwater beauty. Mm-hmm. And then without the music changing at all, you're confronted with a like strung out glam rock wizard who... and and this And as you said, the school of ugly demented little fish girl yeah immediately it's like the film gives you less than 10 seconds and then you're like there you go right and i think that the music doesn't change it's like it's it's lush it's swirling it's wonderful and yet we're confronted with horror Mm. miyazaki presents us with abject horror and it's like no this is still just like if you were diving off the coast of australia you would be uh, in awe of like but not in awe and horror awe but like just in beauty like oh look at this wonderful underwater landscape exactly i mean it gave me the again the first eight seconds i'm really clinging to these first eight seconds of this film before it goes right. insane but it gave me i don't know if you ever played the nintendo ds had a, a game on it called electroplankton it was like a little sound art game and it was underwater themed and as soon as it started the film started i was immediately taken back to staring at a tiny four by four inch screen touching squids that make nice noises and then yeah like you say the sunken eyed scraggly haired underwater (laughs) deadbeat dad sea wizard (laughs) yeah intense his his jackets get changed every once in a while but they're always just strike he just looks like an argentina fan throughout most of it <laughs> he, does, he does or sort of a an off-brand willy wonka yeah or a or a yeah or a, yeah. I don't know, just a sort of mighty boosh character or something i don't know just very yeah these are all accurate yet he is well first of all he's voiced i i make mistakes in life and i i regret them but like I keep saying I'm going to use this as an opportunity to rewatch Miyazaki in English, mm. the English dub, to sort of explore that. And so far, mm. bo- both choices, I've missed all the good ones. And I keep watching the worst dubs <sighs> in English. So, I don't know, the fact that this came out the same year as Taken, and yet we have Liam Neeson playing this this creepy guy who wants to get his daughter back. I don't know what which came first, or I'm sure he came after that. But it's like, it's wild how close it is to Taken. It is. I was. I'm so glad you brought that up because it was like as soon as I saw it, and because I watched it in English first, and as soon as he started talking, I was like, "Is that Liam Neeson?" So not yeah. even like you know, like because obviously Matt Damon's in this film, and 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 the other characters they have this lighten their voice in some way in, to have it sort of fit the the animation a bit more. But Liam Neeson just sounds so gravelly and like 
He's about to start barking things down a phone. <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> I have a certain set of skills. I'm not honestly sure what they are. They usually involve globules. I have a certain set of elixirs. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Matt Damon is in this movie? Matt Damon is, that his... is the dad. Is the, is Data? the, is yeah. the slightly less deadbeat boat dad. Well, I don't know. There, There is a case to be made, actually, that... Uh, Matt Damon is more deadbeat because at least the Liam Neeson's character is a single father doing his best. That is very true. That is very true. Where um, Matt Damon is um, just a boat guy who loves boats more than his family. Just a boat guy. It's one of those good yeah. old, <laughs> good old fashioned boat guys. <laughs> uh, Miyazaki loves the boat guys. He does. There's a lot of this, like in the in the the Red Pig movie. A lot of a lot of water appears in this film, as you would expect. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead of this, but I believe that this movie, I was reading a little bit of interviews and stuff, just sort of like the Red Pig episode. And mm. he had this idea for a, the whole story revolves around a town that gets submerged underwater. And mm. by the end of this movie, you get the sense that that was it. That was like, he had this vision of a, of an underwater town. And he's like, what, what, how can I make that into a story? Oh, you know what? I don't care. I will just put bullshit around this vision that I have, which is honestly really cool. Yeah. The like fish interacting with trees. It's very nice. It sort of reminded me of Nausicaa. Mm. Did you watch that one? I haven't seen that yet. I've seen, I'm familiar with a bit of the manga pages, but I've never actually seen the movie. So again, that's probably going to be on my holiday film It's really list. good. Yeah. So far, it's my favorite. And there's a scene where they go below something and okay. there's a forest below what they think is just the earth. So this idea of like, a sub sort of like middle earth thing i don't know what uh, that always confused me but Ooh, is it like middle earth maybe not the middle of the, <laughs> the hollow earth <laughs> yeah i always sort of assumed that middle earth was like underneath uh a top earth and then there's an even even lower earth i live on bottom middle earth, earth <laughs> which is just yeah. earth my whole <laughs> yeah one day i'll get to middle earth oh, one day um but yeah the um i guess the animation style is to me, the biggest change, I don't know, I'm, I've now sat through so many Miyazaki movies and I'm realizing over the course of this series that I don't like him, but the thing that I'm always most drawn to, even in the movies that I hate the most, like Spirited Away, is that they look beautiful yes. and they look lived in. And I will now go back to Porco Rosso that I keep bringing back is when he drags that chair over to himself with his legs for no <sighs> reason. Like yeah. the, am- the amount of detail in the animation mm. and the world mm is to me what's most ca- like the most captivating part of his stories even when they don't work for me i'm still like oh this is real this is amazing no you're right i think it, i completely agree like i when i first when, on my first viewing of ponyo i had quite, quite a visceral reaction to it being like no i do not like this film like because it's just a bit weird and freaky but when i watched it again i was able to actually appreciate like you say the attention to detail like the little differences in when they make the ramen and like Sosuke's noodle block is all in one piece, Ponyo's is all in little bits. Yes. And just things like that. And it all looks so like little things like that, that don't even need to be in there, but they are. And it just makes it right. so rich. And that's what, but in this one, so I did a little research and mm. he saw, he, he looked, it was crazy. This like, at this point he's like 60. He goes to an art museum and sees a painting and he's like, wow, that painting looks really good. And then his quote is, I thought 
My work is shoddy compared to those artists. I was just astonished. At that point, it became clear to me that our animation style could not go on as before. Wow. And to me, it's like, it's such a wild... He's doing this amazing work for his entire career, like getting better and better at creating lifelike animation. Mm. And then he sees one painting and is like, you know what, scrap it all. I'm going to make the most rudimentary hand-drawn. Like Ponyo looks... The detail is there in what's happening, but I don't ever feel like the detail is turning into reality like it does in like Mononoke no, or Spirited it's Away. Very, it's a very surreal film. Like it has, it, I don't know, especially you know, the point in the film where the the sea, the sea level rises from from then on. It, it it's I found it very uncom- not uncomfortable, but it's very weird. You know, very sort of unsettling. Yeah. And, and strange and not yeah again like not any not anything like any of the other ghibli films that i'd seen it was yeah like you say at times almost like rudimentary or very appeared to be delib- you know obviously deliberately childlike or you know there's just di- right. different techniques were used and it looked it just really was really interesting from that point of view yeah and it's weird to like in to bring back to the red pig and like and all these other like the machines and the the planes like you could feel like so whoever animated this knew exactly how planes work you see all the parts and everything moving mm. and you're like a boat will like slide across the screen yeah and like it doesn't look like a boat it looks like a hand-drawn like something that a kid would draw on a piece of paper and like move it around on a stick like in a play and like one of those stick plays are they called stick- yeah like little stick plays type thing, whatever. yeah right yeah 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 it just looks like a stick play and yeah. it's like the my main attraction to Miyazaki is that he can create a wonderful world that's weird, but make it feel very much like a real place. And he's done the weird part, but the animation style doesn't like actually crown it for me. And maybe that's good. Maybe I'll, maybe on my 10th rewatch of Ponyo, I'll be like, Oh, this is, this is actually his best animation. But right now I'm just fine. Like I want to go back. I think I'm just imagining Ponyo made with the, the level of detail of a you know spirited away or maybe something like you know akira and just kind of like right you know mutating like <laughs> yes that'd be so <laughs> sick <laughs> but, instead it just like goes <laughs> and is the little legs yeah <laughs> yeah it's 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 yeah it's mad <laughs> but i think that's what you're getting to it's like when you watched it you brought up cronenberg and you brought mm. up all these other horror like mm. body horror shit because this movie yeah. is fucking terrifying this is a, this is a an animated children's body horror film is my is my I mean I'll say thesis it's not like I've put too much thought into it it's quite clear for to anyone that's watched it it it's just yeah it's, I was speechless the first, honestly speechless the first time I watched it I was just like <laughs> this and the fact that it's rated like over in in here in Britain we have like the the rating for it is U which means universal which means like you show it's kids. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I would you, never. You could show that no. to a kid. They, I mean, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> it brings up things that are just deep inside you. That yeah, maybe as an adult you can understand them. But like watching a a fish girl that everyone just is like, oh, she's a fish. Don't worry about it. Like that right alone is like, no, my sense of reality is being thwarted by the fact that everyone who sees Ponyo is like, oh, what a cute little goldfish. When it's a repulsive dress wearing like jellyfish thing with a human head for anyone that hasn't seen it ponyo is yeah like you say literally the bell shaped thing of a jellyfish and on top of that is a little (laughs) little red haired girl's head 
and it is weird. It's it is very weird. Like, and at no point in the film did I ever feel comfortable looking at that at that form, that particular. No, I never. I did. I never warmed to it. I always felt very like if I saw that, I'd probably aim a flamethrower at it, or at least just walk away. Like, right. Yeah, no, that I think both reactions are um, sound, whether you want to... Th- it is a thing to be destroyed, not to be just... They don't even... Ugh, I have a lot of problems with the movie. I'll get to them. Mm-hmm. But this here is like... The design... Uh, which which version of Ponyo... Do you want to rank the Ponyos that we have? Can we? Can we, do, can we rank, the, <laughs> rank the Ponyos? So we have initial Ponyo, which is a bigger version of the swarm of... Of squiddies basically just girl-headed squiddies the yeah the kind of borg hive mind <laughs> right yeah they, they all can interact with it. they do mm-hmm. it actually they mm-hmm. are sort of telepathically linked i think mm. there's then the middle stage where wait maybe i missed i i definitely know there's the chicken-legged fish-headed one yeah is there one between little dress jellyfish and and chicken i think there's times where it where it maybe it maybe has like little <laughs> feety type things that come out of the like frill, but I've, in my head I can only remember horrifying fish, human head fish thing, and then sea chicken. I don't, I can't remember an in between one. <laughs> okay, and then she becomes a girl with just an almost indistinguishable, but still sort of creepy i think like if you were to cast this as a live action movie i think you'd get like children of the corn Mm. or just like terrifying child vibe like Mm. didn't seem i mean she screams about ham 90 percent of the time she does scream about ham a lot she does love ham yeah yeah (laughs) until until she develops a taste for human blood of course which is very quick she's immediately as soon as she she turns up as soon as I saw that blood, I was like, no, this Fuck. can't be, this cannot be good. Well, you mentioned earlier that this is like a weird body horror, but it's it's literally the Little Mermaid that he's, he read the Little Mermaid as an adult and was like, I don't buy it and I'm going to make my own. But the Little Mermaid is at its heart a body horror mm-hmm. thing about a girl or a mermaid that fucking destroys her body to be some, something else. Yeah. And that that was an element of the movie that I didn't really it didn't really come through until towards the end where Sosuke's mother's talking to the, the the mermaid queen and there's that sort of element of that comes in of like you know she's got to have the love of a man or something like that and you're like okay right fuck <laughs> this is crazy so this is a story about five year olds and at at its heart so this movie makes no sense mm. it's about a fish chicken girl who doesn't like her dad leaves home. Mm-hmm. Fine, I buy. It. That's fine. That's a classic the story. Classic, start. you know, Wizard of Oz. Exactly. Um, there must be others. About- Thelma and Louise. Is it? Yes, thank you. And then, for no reason, a boy finds her and falls in love with a fish with a human head. And then. For no reason, again, we learned that the giant mother tells us that because she had a drop of human blood, the earth will be destroyed by the moon mm-hmm. unless a five-year-old agrees to love this ugly fish just, just creature 
for the rest of their lives. Mm. Did I miss any? Like that's is did I miss anything? You, the only thing that I could think of that that wasn't mentioned was the uh, the drinking of elixirs and the the and the the magic well that Ponyo falls into and gets sort of covered in magic goop, which seems to only make yeah. things more horrifying and makes her more powerful. I think I left that scene out because it is probably my favorite scene in the movie. It is good. It looks really cool. And it is like, I don't care what else is happening. This is just like, he has, he, he, I love it when he drinks the elixir. Yes. As though he's like, he just like, it's like a, if there's some, I don't know. Do I, I don't really vibe drug guy, but I'm going to do my best to put on drug guy Charles here. Here we go. But like, if a cocaine dealer just like, while he's bagging up all that cocaine mountain, just like took a handful and 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 scooped at it with his mouth. I don't know what do you. you or maybe took a large dagger and just go. Yeah, oh, yeah. there you Good go. Shit. Thanks. I need a. <laughs> I need a little drug guy help. But yeah, like the idea. I love that little moment where he's just like cleaning out his elixir pots and just like, oh, I'll take a the last drop of this thing, whatever the fuck that is. Just, yeah, just some magic. What do you think the elixirs taste of? God, I don't want to know. They probably all taste like uh, some memory that this guy is clinging to desperately, or something. None of them are going to be good. He, like he looks yeah. like he's. It doesn't. It doesn't look like he's taking care of himself particularly well. He's, he's got sunken eyes. He seems unkempt. He's everything. He's got sunken mouth. Like <laughs> he's got weird shadows over every part orifice of his body. <laughs> well, it's the thing as well. It's just kind of like another, especially in the. The underwater sequences in the early part of the film, and when you know the water rises and everything gets a bit more strange, there's an, just there uh, there is an absurd level of detail at points. Like, for instance, like the weird I've got it in my notes, angry water blobs that he uh, <laughs> conjures, yes, and the way they kind of like surge out of the sea and things like that. Like there's uh, and or like the, when they're all like little fishes and they're flipping around. It's there's a lot to look at in this film, and I think. It's interesting that Miyazaki saw literally saw a painting and went like, "Oh, I want to get me some of that." Well, no, but the thing is, he, he saw a painting and was like, "Oh, I'm already doing that, but not quite as good as a fucking totally different medium." Everything is. I mean, it's not. I guess not totally different, but still, it's like you're comparing. I guess apples and oranges. Sure, it's like he listened to Public Enemy's Fear of a Black Planet and was like, "Oh man." My yes. movies are good, but I've never made anything as good as this rap album. <laughs> right. So he's like, I see this painting. It was like Ophelia drowning or whatever that mm. painting is. And he's like, this is so beautiful. Mine can never be this good. So I'll make mine just look like a child did it. Mm. And it's like, I don't, it's so strange that he wouldn't, you know, mo- there's, there's stories here about confronting things. You know, mm. you're confronted with something and you could be a coward and mm. back down and become a, just like a, disgusting little guy who doesn't accomplish what you want to or Miyazaki could have seen Ophelia the 300 year old painting but like I could maybe do better rather than just like yeah fuck it yeah. I'll do worse fuck it this vibe the, this movie vibes just fuck it but the thing is it's he it's wild best, uh, he, he tried to best a classic painting and um Ponyo is what happened like the horrifying tale of a, a sea mutant that is forced into a relationship with a small child. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I mean, I guess I hope it works out. 
Maybe well, we. I I've don't got, know. I've got. I've got theories about that later for down for later on. <laughs> okay. The, yeah. We could go. Because I think. <laughs> let's, yeah, I want to talk about that because that's. I mean, we will be getting there. I think that's sort of sequel ideas. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the end. In the beginning, we're introduced before the outlandish plot that makes no sense about the end of the world. Hmm. <laughs> we're presented with an equally boring plot about. It's so Totoroish. It's like. Uh, a single parent dealing with their kid while the other one's away but in this case it's like just a dad who has a job and he's like fuck i gotta cover a shift and the mom's just like so pissed off you son of a bitch it's (laughs) it's crazy it's just like okay i mean i don't know maybe it's just like all these gender the gender shit in miyazaki Mm. is still just gets worse and worse this like idea that a relationship is is such a heteronormative thing. Yeah. And then it's also like the mom's, I mean, she has a job, I guess she takes care of the seniors, but mm. she's still the main, like, it's just getting more aggressive. I feel like mm. the more we get into Miyazaki's mind. And I guess it's the older that, that Miyazaki gets. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, I guess it could be a generational thing. I definitely noticed the, the gender and sort of heteronormativity of it on the second viewing where I was sort of much more like, Oh yeah, okay. You really are asking a five-year-old child if he'll marry a girl that used to be a sea chicken, you know? And he's five, like right. And I like ah oh, Miyazaki. Come on, man. You like mm. you understand the like wonderful bounty that is in it. Like when they're just being kids doing stuff, it's really nice. Yes. And why do you have to turn this into a love story between five-year-olds when it could just be like? Kids becoming friends, right? Yeah, or he or, or Lisa could have adopted Ponyo as a sister, and they could have had yeah, they could have been like brother and sister, and it would have been lovely. Like you know, Ponyo gets to live on land and run around and not be a horrible sea chicken, and everything's cool. But no, they've got to get kid married because apparently right. that's a thing that people want to see. I did I did appreciate it to Sosuke's credit or the screenplay's credit. Sosuke was basically like. Well, of course, I'd love, I'd love Ponyo, whether she was a fish or a human. Like, what kind of questions that mm-hmm. sort of thing? And it's like that to me showed. Oh, maybe either like Miyazaki's like, oh, well, young people have different ideas nowadays, or somebody in his writing <laughs> stuff went, we better put this in, else everyone's going to think he's just all problematic. Yeah, we can't make the Shrek mistake. Oh God, the Shrek mistake. Yeah, or the Little Mermaid mistake, mm. basically. But yeah, it's um. I think, I, I mean, maybe he's making the wise choice that if she's a fish, I'd love her because she would die sooner. Yeah. And I could get on with my fucking life because a fish probably lasts just a few years. I mean, especially goldfish. A goldfish, you, you're looking at months probably, not even years. <laughs> yeah. Just, you rip through uh, them, you get through 12 in a year. <laughs> yeah, that's what toilets were made for. It is. That's the... Little fucking ponios. Oh, Rest in peace. But I don't get the the whole mom side of the story. Mm. It's again, this sort of like why I think he had this idea for like, ooh, a town underwater. What can I do with that? And it's just like the senior home with all these old ladies and the school that he goes to and just sort of, what's his name? What's the main character's name? Sosuke, the little boy. Yeah. Sosuke? Sosuke, yeah. He just... He's just like a little tit. Like people yeah. at school are like, "Hey, you want to go play?" And he's like, "No, I've got a job to do." And they're like, "Okay, you're fucking weird. I just want to like hang out with you." And that's like this. It reminds me of 
all the little boy characters in like Totoro or that little boy with the stinker eye. And he's just yeah. like, he just sort of treats people badly. And like Kiki, who just like treats this guy who's nice to her badly for no reason. And then it's just like, he's nice to some people, but mean to other people. It just doesn't, I don't know. I guess boys are like that. Well, that's the thing that it kind of plays into the, the, like the gender thing about that kind of like boys will be boys. They're little stinkers and do this, that, the other, <laughs> and girls are sweet and polite. And it's like all kids right. uh, are, can be a little shit sometimes because they literally don't know any better. Yeah. And then all boys might just want to fuck a fish when maybe, he's five. Maybe you just like, Hey, it's time. It's time for me to do it with a fish. Yeah, the big mother comes to you and is like, are you willing to fuck my fish for the rest of your life? What are you going to say? The like, big mother comes? Uh, yeah, I mean, and let me tell you, she is a very, very, very large mermaid. I thought she was very cool. I really enjoyed... Wait, do you ever see her um, her, her bottom half? I don't think you, don't think you do. No, I mean, she's, she stands when she's talking to the mother all night, which oh. is another weird moment. Is she just sort of stood in a in a in a in like a barrel of water so she can keep hydrated? That would be nice. Like the like the deadbeat dad had to keep pumping seawater from yeah. like a little green uh, like a little watering can thing so he didn't dry up on dry land when he was trying to find pond right. at the start. It's quite cool. That shit ruled. I loved that moment. Little things like that. I always love it. That's the like the little details in Ghibli movies, like the food. I mean, there's more of it in films like Spirited Away, but. Any food in a Ghibli movie, I'm always like, I want to eat it. The sandwich looks amazing. Give me some of that ramen. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, even in this one, the honey, the honey, like, I don't know. It, I, I wanted it, the honey to look better. Mm. Just looked like yellow gloop. Yeah, it looked a little gloopy. But that's the animation style. We're we're going no painting anymore. Just just stick stick place. Just yeah, stick, stick play. play and and can we can we mention? Uh, so I have a f- I found an interesting fact on uh, mm. on IMDb, which means it must must be true. It's got to be. What's your fact? Um, apparently, uh, Miyazaki drew all the different types of water, or the way that water is represented, like the sea and you know the way it sloshes about. He drew them all himself because he wanted each one to be distinctive and wanted the water to look more uh, quote expressionistic. Which I found fascinating. Okay, it's like yeah, it's like okay. Don't don't worry, guys. I've got all the water sorted. I've been up all night. I've got my sketchbook. Here we go. But then it made me when I read that. It made me notice the the way that water, the way the water is animated second time round a lot more. Like when the tide rises and there's it's almost coming up over the horizon. There's these big sort of round waves cresting the horizon. Mm-hmm. Lisa opens the the curtains in the in the living room and you can just see the horizon and then huge waves big cartoon blue waves and the way the rain lands on the the windshield of the car has a real sort of greasy like blobby quality and it's all just very distinct and you can you can you can see that each one's had like way more care than it has any right to put into it because it's incredible i love that that's so cool because it's like he deliberately sabotaged the animation style basically but even then he's like no i I gotta fucking nail this water the Mm -hmm. water has to be perfect and you know i guess i i don't know that i will ever watch this movie again um but maybe i'll watch a choice scene the driving scene is um strange and fun the driving scene gave me major anxiety really just like lisa will you just 
babe please ease off that gas pedal please (laughs) every scene she whether it's just driving to work or trying to outrun a tsunami she is driving the same way which i guess that's the main takeaway other than fall in love at five is uh always be prepared always be prepared drive drive you know well i mean in a lot of ways uh, ponyo like the fast and furious franchise is about family charles so right i missed that i should have seen that (laughs) so um lisa's vin sasuke is um mm, what's his name paul walker i guess yeah he'd be the paul walker counterpart and then would ponyo be um some disgusting piece of sea shit that I don't know. I can't really incorporate Ponyo into this. If it was Fast and this. Furious, it'd be somebody. It'd be like fucking Tetsuo from Tetsuo the Iron Man, someone that's fused with a machine. He's like, please kill me. <laughs> like, like, come on, yes. vroom vroom. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. I just uh, watched his movie Hiroku the Goblin. Oh, really? Have you seen that one? No. I'm pronouncing it like absolute shit. Um. But it's like a basically if um, Indiana Jones also was for like children, but had the awesomest gore effects and uh, like a spider head, a spider with just like a girl's head as the body. Uh, it's an audio medium, but my mouth is agape. It's basically they've made a film specifically for me by the sounds of things. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, I think it's called. Yes, it's called Yokai Hunter Hiroko. Oh my Hiroko god, Hiroko the Goblin. Oh my god, that's incredible! I'm definitely going to seek that out. I've been meaning to watch Tetsuo, Tetsuo and Tetsuo Two again over the holidays, so I shall add that to the list as well. Oh, you're at you're watching those? I'm going to be watching them again soon. I've got them ready to go. I've just been choosing my moment basically when none of my housemates are in so, so they don't have to watch a film about a, a man with a drill penis happening or yeah or, or a little boy's arms get ripped off you know that's one of those sorts <laughs> i do love them deeply though they're brilliant films and i just yeah they scratch a very particular itch an itch that mm. like it, ponyo you know didn't fully reach but it kind of scratched it a bit the body horror, oh yeah the body horror elements in this film are, for me were a lot more off the chart than I expected. Like when you pitched it to me and said, you know, the story of a horrifying sea chicken, I was like, well, it can't be that bad. Come on, hyperbole. And then I watched it and was obviously horrified. But it made me think of so many body horror films or films that are like, you know, sort of gross and sticky. <laughs> like, right? No, it's um, it's uh, it is Tetsuo adjacent more mm. than anything else. Honestly, it's. Yeah, I'm. I'm always when she grows her chicken feet. Hmm. We need to talk about this. We need to talk about this in a little detail. That scene, it never, it never does good things for me. But it's not bad in a way either. It's just like I'm, I'm. Yeah, the way most people interact with horror, I don't get scared or too like teeth violence. I don't hmm. really like very much. Hmm. But for the most part, I like. I enjoy the visceral. Like, oh yeah, yeah this is wild. This hmm. is cool. Uh, this does get to the point where I'm like. It, yeah, it makes me really uncomfortable watching Ponyo just exist in mm. any form. We never did the ranking, actually. Maybe we should... Let's rank them. We'll rank them. And then them. we can get into these feet. Excellent. So I would say we'll start at the bottom, the worst one. And and what, what's the... Qual- if we're just saying the one that is the most what? What is What are the qualifications so, for the ranking? So the qualification... The, the, it's as you go down numerically, it's more horrifying. Horrifying. So, okay, great. Yeah. So we start off... 
so at number three, the most horrifying form, obviously, the uh, the sea chicken. And I'll give specific reasons why it links in with the feet discussion, which we'll get on to. Okay. Uh, number two would be the initial phase, the jellyfish skirt with a little child's head attached to it. And then number one would just be the regular, regular sort of quote-unquote human Ponyo. Right. Um, and see, also quote-unquote regular. Uh, yeah. I just, just want to maybe... Mm, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing. Well, still unsettling. Mm. Mm. But I would agree with you. I, I was thinking maybe of flipping the um, the girl form and the initial form. But no, I can't justify that. I just wanted to be different. No, there's... Um, I do find the girl creepy, mostly because she just screams about... Hand- like, all she does is repeat whatever Sasuke says, which mm-hmm. is another annoying gender shit that, like... Mm. Like, she doesn't even have a mind of her own. She's, she's just... literally following Sosuke around and doing whatever he wants oh, to do. And this, the scene where he, like, saves her life is so yeah. fucking annoying. Yeah, and it's horrible as well because she kind of f- is in a human form. And then as she gets more and more poorly, she sort of flops, o- flops over and goes into the sea chicken form. And it's like she turns from one style of cartoon to another style of cartoon. And it... It yeah, turn, turns my stomach because she looks like someone has just like found a muppet. They've dredged a lake and found a muppet, basically, and that's what she looks yes. like. Yeah, it's that scene. I'm so glad you brought that up. That scene is maybe the most horrifying moment in the film. Not because earlier it allows Miyazaki to bust out his famous. Um, well, let's just make sure that we can have a scene for no reason where a boy saves the girl's life. Like, mm. That did not need to happen. No, but then to make it even worse, it's like. Yeah, she will transform before your very eyes into three. It's like, oh, there's. It's just. It's so awful. It makes Ch- it's want to chilling throw up. is what it is, Charles. Chilling, terrifying. I haven't thrown up in like fifteen years, and both times I've watched this movie, I've come very close to um, resetting that clock. You haven't thrown up in fifteen years. Yeah. Have you got some sort of iron constitution? Is it being vegan? Is that? Is I that... don't know. I've never been hungover. You've never been hungover? Nope. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been drunk, let me tell oh, you. I bet you have. Well, you know, living that rock and roll lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Getting rowdy at those Godspeed You Black Emperor shows, like opening up that pit. <laughs> yeah, have a, <laughs> have a few double IPAs while standing still. <laughs> this one's called Boss's Hang Part 1. Let's fucking go! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I... I um... Wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't get hungover. I do get drunk, but it takes a lot more than I think. I don't know. I, I got tips trained recently to bartend again, and it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I want to talk to a scientist about this because they say mm. that you can mask the signs of drunkenness, but body blood alcohol content is just like a scientific fact. Yeah, maybe but, maybe Ponyo can mask that with his weird exactly. powers, her control yeah. of liquid. I feel like I have to drink more than I should, if that were true, mm. to feel drunk. But maybe I'm always drunk now and just um, sort of wandering through life in a in a in just a haze, and I need more. I should talk to the wizard. Honestly, both characters, the the wizard and Ponyo, I could probably seek help for my my drug. Maybe I, maybe I'm a drug guy after all. I think that the wizard's elixirs were probably like triple IPAs and barley wines yeah. and, and oh, stuff yeah. like that. You know, like an all oh, barrel-aged imperial stouts, but magic. Right, yeah, that makes you think of when your wife left you. Yeah, and then let me tell you, there's a, I wrote the quote down, actually, because I'm so glad, so glad we got to it, where he basically has to talk to his ex-wife about Ponyo and what's happened. And he, yes. he says, and I quote, 
Honey, it's Ponyo. She tasted human blood and plundered my Alexis. <laughs> if we don't stop her, the planet is doomed. <laughs> it's a kid's movie, Charles. Right, and why is the... What the fuck? Like, yes, I guess... What could possibly have gone wrong between a, a little fish yuck tasting blood and elixirs? Like, what magical combination suddenly calls the moon down to destroy the yeah, earth? Yeah. The stakes, I've been to writing classes. I have a degree in it. Excellent. And I will just say... Qualified. The stakes are not earned. I'm sorry, Hayo. The stakes are not earned. It's like the stakes for a different film have arrived. Right. It's like, can you sign for these, please? It's like, oh, great. Hang on. This is these are not the stakes that we need for this film. We need a nice little tie it in a bow sort of fish goes to live on land, everything's fine. No, there's some sort of apocalypse. It's like the end of Evangelion happening in the middle of Ponyo or something. It's yeah. like what's going on. Yeah, this is like or like nineties Bruce Willis should have been <laughs> plopped into this. Come out to the coast, they said. Have some love of you laughs. <laughs> See horrified yeah. sea chicken. Oh my god! Can you imagine Bruce Willis as John McClane interacting with Ponyo? That shit would fucking be awesome. How quickly would he kill Ponyo? <laughs> like Yippee Kaye, motherfucker! <laughs> Immediate. God, yeah. When you bring up Tetsuo, that like really—I don't think I got to that level, but I think this is like very much in that like mm. total. I was more thinking Cronenberg, but I think Tetsuo yeah. is so viscerally quick everything's so fast yeah. in the yeah, transformations I, yeah uncomfortably so and very sort of yeah dramatic and terrifying and that's honestly how i felt when ponyo initially turned into the sea chicken mm. it's the way that she almost seems to inflate the two chicken legs out of her and they make this cute little Ugh. like noise right cute it's cute. The sound's cute. Yeah. You look at what it, the, it's accompanying. It's not cute. It's, right. it's terrifying. It's ghoulish. It's like the opening scene where the, the music was lush and wonderful, and yet we're surrounded by disgusting horror. Mm. 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 And the way that the fa- her face kind of widens and has almost has a beak, but it looks she looks like a, a, like a chicken embryo. It's not like... If she turned into a feathered, like, feathered bird with... With the with the feet, that I would be able to accept that a little bit more than like she honestly to me looked like a chicken embryo that you'd see like in its egg within the little sack, which she's walking around and shouting about ham. <laughs> Every letterbox review that's five stars is just like Ponyo me before watching Ponyo sad face Ponyo. I love ham. Me, happy face. It's like that's really all you need from a movie is a wretch screaming about ham. It's, it's. I mean, it's it's a more dignified catchphrase than you know, bazinga or whatever. I guess so. I love ham. Not very vegan. Yeah, I yeah, love that's... you know. So why do you think Hayo's in the, the drawing room or the? I don't no. know what he does. He seems to command people. So maybe there's no like round table of ideas he just sits at the head of the table and Mm -hmm. yells at everyone Mm -hmm. but like you know that drawing of the evolution the evolution of man started off as a little whatever and Mm -hmm. slowly crept up to be a striking spear guy Mm -hmm. hyo's version of the evolution of man is fish nothing in between to chicken Mm -hmm. and then nothing in between to person Mm -hmm. where did why is chicken such an integral stage between fish and, and person yeah because 
it just doesn't make sense. It it wasn't even like it would would have made a little bit more sense if the duck if, if like they had duck feet pop out, right? Because at exactly. Least a, a waterfowl Aqua- swims, but it's like no, they're <laughs> those horrible chicken chicken claws that are scary looking popping out of a little girl. But then they're also not detailed at all. Like they won't no. have the like the scales or anything no. remotely chicken. Like they're just literally like they're like the everything everywhere all at once hot dog fingers. <laughs> but turned into a chicken hand. It really is. And I think that's an, another added another layer of ickiness to it for me because it's almost like an animated Uncanny Valley kind of vibe. Like the you see Sosuke and Lisa and the seniors and they're very clearly human and then you see like Liam Neeson underwater dead people, like Fuji, Fujitora or Fujimoto or something. And he like sort of looks human, but he's a bit weird. And then you see Ponyo and you're like, dear God, the horror kid it was fine. <laughs> What is it? He, I mean, fucking well done. Like, if I don't know, you know, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but if I had a daughter that looked like Ponyo, I don't think I would be that devoted to getting her back. I'd be like, so, so one of these, I do have a hundred other ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be fine. Um, but it does sort of bring you that, that idea of the um, Fujimoto with his sprinkling water can, which I thought was really fun. Mm. Lisa's immediately like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Who are you? You're an awful creep. And you're just like, I'm just fucking, I'm just me living my life. And she's yeah. like, all right, well, get the fuck out of here. And then immediately in the car, she's like, you know, don't judge people by how they look, but um, <laughs> that guy fucking sucked. It's like, what? What? I don't, there's so mixed messages happening in this movie. It happens again later when mm. Sasuke's talking to either the old ladies or his classmates where he's just like, I don't know. It's like this weird thing where, Hayo down deep doesn't like he does judge people probably based on what they look like because that's a classic boomer thing to do mm-hmm. is just judge people for no reason yeah absolutely but then he has to make it a kids movie where it's like okay there is a message here even though the movie is judging everyone by what they look like just maybe do the opposite and we are also judging a, a tiny fictional sea chicken heavily and harshly um but yeah, it, it may she be... She des- deserves it. She does deserve it. I mean, it's it's an abomination. I've got the word abomination. My, my notes entirely are just abomination written. <laughs> after each other. It's like the end of uh, The Shining. Yeah, it really is. It made me think, actually, what you were saying then about, like, you know, Lisa saying all that stuff to Fujimoto, like, get the fuck off my front drive, you freak. And then suddenly remembering, <laughs> I've got a five-year-old in the car. Right. You've got to remember, don't judge people. Like, you know, it, that, that to me <laughs> felt like probably the most realistic part of the film of, like, you know, someone going, saying that and then remembering, oh, I must, I've got to set an example to this very small child. That's with me, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I said, I, this is my big issue so far with, especially more recent Miyazaki is, I get sort of frustrated with his depictions of the way things work. But then when I actually think about it, it's like, oh, this is actually how life is. So I'm being really harsh on the story that I don't like and the characters that I don't like. And then I'm like, oh, but that actually is how most people behave. So maybe Mm -hmm. this is a really interesting... I think the problem is it, it depicts itself as a kid's movie or... Like, Kiki's like, oh, this is a wonderful story about a girl becoming a, a witch woman. And mm. it's like, no, this is about a little loser who can't do anything <laughs> on her own, and it gets help from everyone for no reason. It's like, but maybe there is more reality in these stories that don't make sense or mm. and are uncomfortable and are unpleasant than 
a story about uh, I mean there's no way to make Ponyo nice honestly you have to get no. rid of Ponyo and then what do you have left you've just, just got the fucking you, yeah just a small water. boy looking at some mortar which would be much more palatable I don't think we'd be able to get quite as much mileage out of it as we have done with this but <laughs> that's like true. This, yeah that's the thing the, the thing that I kind of thought was it's an odd way to it just felt weird like it really you could see having mentioned you know mentioning earlier that he wanted to make it like a painting you can see that there's a different film ha- the scene the whole the whole thing with the seniors at the end where it's basically mm. let's just do a sort of cocoon rip off down here <laughs> like right. with the old with the old folks yeah that cut is crazy it's like it is it's like oh here we are <laughs> something happens and then suddenly we're underwater in a bubble, but there is water there, mm-hmm. but then everyone can breathe. And then they're just like, oh, Lisa and that crazy lady has been talking all mm. night. Mm. And it's like, okay, why not show us that? Like, we could, <laughs> like, that would have been cool. That would have been really cool. I mean, like, it kind of, yeah, the, but the, but even within that, there, there are moments like the, you know, the the driving Soskay to school and making him eat a sandwich and the whole thing with, her, you know, Lisa... Um, shouting at Liam Neeson on a front drive and then saying like, oh, never judge people. They're like these little observations which feel very like, oh, I want to include that in the film. That's a little real moment or something that I've observed. But then also you've got like all the sort of heteronormative and gender, like the gender stuff feels very clumsy and outdated. I don't think that's, I don't think that's too harsh. It feels like it could be from a, a film from, you know the 50s or 60s you know like Ponyo's literally running around in a little dress with no shoes on and Sosuke's got like little shorts and a tucked in shirt and messed up hair and like don't get me wrong fucking sailor hat his little sailor hat I did I was I did enjoy enjoy the little bit with the boat especially the sailor hat it was it was very cute and that's yes that's the shit where we still got the the Miyazaki the old Miyazaki that we love is when like this little toy boat that Mm. actually functions gets blown up to life size and you're like oh yeah that boat rules question though why do all the other boats like the parade of boats from the people that survived mm. like why are there any motor boats i guess the power went out or something like magical power outage but it's like some sort of magical power again outage, it's regressive yeah. back to this 50s like everyone's yeah. paddling around on mm-hmm. old shit and everything's very tranquil <laughs> yeah. he loves that yeah it does feel like uh, especially you know because this i think I think this might be the latest Miyazaki film that I've seen. I don't know if I've seen any after this. Um, and I think there's just one, right? This Ari- is it Arietti? Is that or is that? Oh, not- that's somebody else. That, that's is, just that's okay, just, okay, it's just a Ghibli. Yeah, okay. Oh, that makes sense. I believe the only other one after this is uh, The Wind Rises. That's the yeah, The Wind Rises. Yeah, which I have not seen. No, I haven't seen that one either. Um, but in this, you could definitely see his. I guess biases based on his age, I suppose, because I, you know, like you said, he's sixty years old, and that's like slap banging the things were better in the old days part of mm-hmm. your life, I suppose. And there's a real; it feels like a nostalgia for maybe a time that perhaps never existed. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm sure, like it just feels so removed from reality, but with these little mundane moments thrown in that are, are portrayed with such detail and then you have the way that the water is almost a character unto itself like the way it's represented and the different forms it takes it's just very and all the fucking body horror stuff with Ponyo it's just a very 
jarring mix of everything. And I and I still really don't like don't know what to, what I make of it. Like I didn't hate it when I watched it the second time, but it just felt mm-hmm. weird. It just felt weird and uncom- not uncomfortable, but like I don't know. It's like putting your t shirt on the wrong way round. Like it's like right. it was okay, but something's something's wrong here. <laughs> like yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't really know why I'm having. <sighs> I think it's because it's pretending to do something that it's not that I find mm. it the most hard to engage with because mm. I love this as an access to this fucking I mean I guess he's dead now so the access is gone but just like you can see the way his mind is uh fucked up is like the way he just like thinks real shit and fake shit like it's cool it's cool that he just doesn't really give a shit what's real and what's fake he just sort of all throws it in but the story, especially in this, like, what is the fucking story? The story is like a awful chicken needs to fall in love with a shitty little boy. Otherwise, they'll turn into sea foam and the world will end. It's like, okay, wow, that's really intense. Taya, why? Like, can't you just tone this shit down? Because the rest of the story doesn't match the height. We don't know why we get there. And we don't know. Oh, yeah, they. of course, he loves her. There's never any tension whether they, they're going to love each other or not because the whole mm. thing is fucking just forced on us. Mm. It could have just been a cute story about a boy that meets a weird sea chicken. It could have been like an ET style, like yeah, boy boy meets weird creature. They're best friends, and they're and, and they're they learn about friends. each other. Like, yeah. what do we know about Ponyo? Nothing. What's what's her defining trait? Loves ham. Loves ham. Terrifying is, ha- feet. Yeah, is horrifying. Is an abomination. We don't know anything about Ponyo, and it's just no. like the movie is called Ponyo. Supposedly, that's our main character. Yet, there's no defining traits about this thing. So, the relationship between boy and Ponyo doesn't make sense. The relationship between father and Ponyo doesn't make sense. Nothing is making sense. And I think that's really, now that we've talked it through, like, that's why I don't like this movie because there's a lot of shit going on, but it doesn't actually, they don't care about the people involved. They just care about showing this, this town gets sunk and the magic looks cool and this fish wants to change shape. Yeah, it felt very, it felt very like, e- like empty story wise. St- like this, when you when you actually boil down what the story was, as you did earlier, it, there's nothing. There's very little there. It's like it, it literally is fall in love with this fish, five year old boy, <laughs> or die, or you little or, puke, or this or this fish will literally turn into foam. They can't even go back to being a fish. They'll just die if you don't agree to love them. So. Yeah, and then the Think moon will that. crash into the earth. I did like that. He's where um, Liam's like, if this love isn't real, we'll turn back into sea foam. And then they're like, ah, yes, where all life started. It's like a cool, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> a little science there to get to learn about where these all these little weirdos came from. It's yeah, it's just so strange. Like a look uh, visually, though, what it, I did, in, I got a lot a lot of pleasure out of watching it, especially the second time round, noticing the variety in the way that water was represented and the big mermaid lady is great like she looks amazing there's a couple of points actually in the film where there there's stuff above and below water and like especially when she's sort of swimming in backwards and like her face is above the water and it looks three-dimensional but under the water her but her outline of her body just is almost like fluid and doesn't really seem to have mm-hmm. a fixed shape and she swoops out of the water i just got a real kick visually a real kick out of how how that looked you know there's obviously a lot of attention to detail 
was paid to water probably probably more than there was paid to the the actual story really yeah. realistically um the other bit that I really wanted to mention was there's a part towards the beginning where Ponyo's ro- like floating up on the um jellyfish and she looks up and sees a big ship like passing overhead mm-hmm. and she's seeing the bottom of the ship which is like solid and they can see it but then the stuff above the water looks wobbly like it's underwater and it kind of looked a little bit like a whale to me on both viewings and I don't know if that was me being like should I lay off the pipe or is like is that is that a little easter egg that I've found but I've really enjoyed really really enjoyed the the way that water was used and it they, they make it into different shapes they there's blobs and cylindrical chunks of it flying around mm. like it's just really yeah. feels tactile it feels really it's satisfying in a really really interesting way and it's hard to be mad at like at that i think but that's true i just wish it, i just wish there'd been more um, a more satisfying story or just a cuter story like a cute tale about a boy that finds a fish and makes a best friend that's all it needs to be right it reminded me of um luca did you see that the pixar movie i didn't know um it's about uh an italian little weird fish monster who comes out and when he's out of the when he's out of the ocean he looks like a human and then he finds a friend and they become best friends and it's really lovely and I cry at the end and it's really good. That sounds wonderful. It reminded me as well. It reminded me of of, of sort of eighties Spielbergy Amblin Entertainment like films, sort of like Flight of the Navigator or Short Circuit, yeah, Mac and Me, where a kid makes friends with something. And because it's the eighties, it's freaky and disturbing, like Mac and Me, for instance, or like right Mac and Me. Yeah, I was thinking of that. Like you know, even like um, Short Circuit. I remember when I was watching it when I was a very small child, being like, "This is a bit freaky. This is a talking robot." But it had that kind of energy to it. That like this is obviously a kids' film, but also it's just something unsettling about it. And that's the kind of vibe I used to get from those those particular types of films. So it had that going for it, and it obviously really reminded me of body horror films, which I'm on a bit of a body horror kick at the moment. Um, oh, yeah? I, I have what else are you watching? Well, I've been watching... Um, what have I watched recently? Right, well, I'm going to watch Tetsuo 1 and 2. Um, what watched... do you think about 3? Why are you leaving 3 out of that? I've never seen the third one. My friend um, Henry has seen it and kind of said, yeah, you don't need to see, you don't need to see the you... bullet, man. Well, your friend Charles, you should watch it. Hey, I'm going to check it out. If you're committed to one and two, I think you just got to... Three, I oh. think, gets really underrated. I really okay. like it. And if you like one and two, I think just do the little extra work to like three, everyone. It's the it's same It's only director. like another 80 or 90 minutes. What's that? It's exactly. Just add it on. Yeah, you can't go on. wrong. Um, obviously, the thing... Um, I mean, not necessarily body horror, but it's like bodies of yeah. things mutating and it, it you know you're not a million miles away from ponyo really if you look at what's happening <laughs> <laughs> um, i think the thing is definitely body horror yeah not in like yeah not in I a mean, kind of cronenbergy way but in a more kind of like mutating flesh kind of way like, yeah you know yeah 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 um there's a really good australian horror film i think it's from like 1992 it's called body melt all right. It's, I think it's it, it's I think it might be one of the only films that the director made. Um it's fucking incredible. You can watch it. It's entirely on YouTube. Like I've watched it on YouTube. Um and it is demented, but there's a lot of like gross body horror in that. 
but it's also quite cartoonish because it's that osploitation like splattery from the Peter Jackson school of like yeah yeah you know goo and horrifying shit um and it's it's very good very much worth a watch um his only no- other um movie is called salt saliva sperm and sweat yes actually now you mention it there's a reason why I, i'd block that one out i'm not sure it, it sounds like is that like an art school type <laughs> like it's is it film 47 school? minutes okay and it's um it's just the, the the imdb description is um short short film that follows four days of a writer wow okay there's a varied four days there yeah yeah exactly i hope he's eating mm. other things other than the things listed in the title of the film <laughs> i don't yeah. uh, i will definitely check out body melt that sounds um, cool and the last one um well there's two more from beyond from 1987 it's a brian usner film it's got jeffrey combs in it from reanimator based on an hp lovecraft story but like it's not weird and racist it's just got all the good gooey monster stuff in it and it's like yeah. beautiful beautifully lit but there's lots of gross stuff in that but the one i really cool. wanted to point out was the one called extro spelt x-t-r-o from 1982 and that is yeah i mean quite similar to this in a way it's a kind of fish out of water type film if the fish was a man that had been kidnapped by ufos that comes back to earth and then like tries to take his family back to the alien planet and mutates and gives his kids superpowers and it's just really freaky amazing way way better than it has any right to be um so definitely seek that out i will they were they yeah they they were all that yeah and and ponyo just seems to slip in to that little group of films like it belongs there it feels like a kid's body horror film yeah the um the poster for extra could easily be turned into Ponyo. I don't yeah. know. It's like a boy yes. with a fucking monster behind him, and then a ship. And it's like yeah. if you just subbed in Ponyo for the monster yeah. and Fujikama or whatever his name is boat for the spaceship. Exactly. Just put that underwater. And the t- I think the tagline for Extro is when Tony grows up, he wants to be just like Daddy uh-huh. or something like that. And yep. you could work a, when Ponyo, Ponyo grows up, she wants to feast on human flesh to she maintain to, her human yeah. form or whatever. You're right. She wants to eat ham. It's, it, yeah, she wants to eat ham. Quote, unquote, ham. A.K.A. long pig. A.K.A. Yes! flesh, Charles. Yes. We cracked it. Great. I love these wrecks. Um, perfect. I'm going to watch all these as well. Um, before we move on to the end, I know this has been a long episode, but I'm having a great time. Mm, I don't know if you have to go anywhere, but no, not at all. Um, before we get to the final stuff, I want to bring up maybe another element of body horror, but the milk scene. Milk scene. What, did, what that stood out to me as a really bizarre moment of the movie that I well, you've seen it twice now, and I I've like. Seen it what twice. did you? What was your takeaway from the milk scene? It was, I mean, that whole, the whole sequence where Ponyo and Sosuke meet the little family in the canoe was weird to me. The way that, yeah, gee, I th- it, it felt like, does Ponyo, it felt to me like that and the bit where she kind of seems to cure the baby's cold by like yeah. pressing her head against the baby's head and drawing the mucus out. It seemed to be like... Ponyo has control of liquids. Here's Ponyo, and she fixes the motor and things like that. And it's like, 
yeah, she has control of liquids. That's cool that she can, you know, fix the motor and move water around. But why is she able to sense the contents of a mammary gland and able to draw out mucus from a baby's face? That felt. So you're, yeah, you're saying you would have wanted Ponyo to to get the milk out too. I I never said anything of the sort, Senator. I think you'll find if you look at the <laughs> if you look at the tapes. Uh, no, I'm just I'm you just, wanted <laughs> lactation, forced <laughs> lactation by Ponyo. No, it, it, it's oh god, file file it alongside my uh, Sonic the Hedgehog drawings of him pregnant and stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> like no, it, it, I felt that was more on the second time round. That felt more. It stood out more and felt more horrifying, and it felt like it was meant to be a cute moment of like right and i suppose you know for a fish human hybrid that is learning our customs it probably is quite cute at least you didn't eat the baby or you know whatever but yeah like it was a little bit i'd i'd have i was a bit like what are you doing <laughs> like why are you doing that right what is like again this is like the same miyazaki shit where it's like oh this is supposed to be a heartwarming scene where like yeah this fish creature learns the ways of the human and it's like hmm. A, I don't. This is a starting point that I don't need and is not cute. But the way it happens is like, here's some soup, uh, and then she gets really angry, like a person. Like this is an accurate representation of what a five year old might do, which is mm. like have a very clear sense of what they want, but mm-hmm. have no way to articulate what they of want. Course. Which is amazing that he can recreate this. But then for a scene in the movie, all we get is a girl getting angry that a mother eats soup. And then is told about milk, and all she just keeps screaming for the milk, for the milk, or something. It's just like, what is going on? Why is it we wasted five minutes on the scene about milk? It's like Ponyo's tired. We need to put Ponyo down for a little nap. Like she's gone, she's <laughs> shouting about milk, and <laughs> somehow able to psychically sense that that my wife is lactating. It's time to put you down for a little nap. Think, boo boo. <laughs> yeah, she. Um, this is maybe the least vegan movie of of. Miyazaki. It's just constantly about eating blood and meat and milk and honey. It's just it never stops. And maybe that's another reason why I'm just not a not a great character for me. Especially supposedly, it starts off with environmental themes of like fishes, like fish ships killing fish and trash, and the wizard hates humans because they're so out of touch with nature. And then yet, it's a it's very never um, touched on again, though. Is it really? It's ne- that's never. That's like mentioned, and then it's like, yeah, but we know about that. Here's a cute story about sea right. chicken, and like, there's no con- no conversation about all this. She saves all the ships that are polluting and destroying the ocean. Like that's yeah. the big one of the huge scenes that you talked about. Was so beautiful. Was like mm. a giant woman flying around, of course, giving yeah. power back to yeah. Mm. So once again, he's um, I don't know. He's he just weirds me out in a way that, mm. like, I guess he does recreate real life, but I don't really like it. I like fake life. Fake life works better. He recreates real life in in a really odd way where, like we touched on earlier, you know, like the kids, when they're both running around and, you know, Lisa gives Ponyo the torch to hold and Ponyo just mm-hmm. holds it above her head, like in a really goofy way, like a kid would. Yes. Or like, you know, or Lisa telling Sosuke, you know, never judge people by the way they look after just telling Liam Neeson to get the fuck off her lawn. Like these little really real moments of like, like observations of like little things that happen and then the rest of it is just a sort of 
I was about to say an amorphous blob, like a big blob of water floating around, like a lava lamp of things that don't quite mix together. Mm. And they're just sort of yeah. playing around each other, and then it finishes. Right. It's The Little Mermaid meets uh, Wagner, for some reason. He was, like, obsessed with, yes. with Flight of the Valkyries. And yes, he, like, they li- Joe rips it off. Like, the scene where they're driving, and fucking Ponyo girl is running on the waves. Remember that? And she's just like staring dead-eyed at everyone. It's like Flight of the Valkyries is playing. (laughs) It's so intense. No, it was. That was utterly terrifying. Yeah. And not for like most, if this was an action movie, it'd be terrifying because, oh, maybe Lisa and Sasuke will drown. But it's like, no, the fucking wave girl is just staring dead-eyed at me. And it's just, woo, I had to, like, turn around. Mm. Coming out of, like, the T-1000 oh. in Terminator 2, like, sprinting after them. Yes. To hold to the back. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> the same, just, like, menace is in this girl who's, like, grinning wildly and running around. Oh, my God. I'm scared now. Oh, Gotta horror. go watch Extro to clear this out of my body. <laughs> That'll do it. Mm, be like a nice sorbet palate cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> So, again, this is um, a weird franchise thing because we're not doing franchise. We're doing a series by one director. So the one will it end question is more, hmm, what, what do you see this as a franchisable option? I know I did a little more research. He wanted to do Ponyo 2 and everyone's like, no, please no, stop. D- please don't. <laughs> we don't want to see her lay an egg. <laughs> <laughs> do you want a Ponyo 2? And if so, like, or even not if so, do you have any ideas for what a Ponyo 2 could even look like? Like, what's next? What what could happen? I'd have, th- I'd have thought about this. One of the other films that came to mind um, was Species, the mm-hmm. 90s alien, sexy alien film. Um, yeah. Just purely because because of the, the line where uh, Ponyo's father says something like, yes, you've, she's deranged her DNA. Right. Uh, his blood has deranged your DNA. And it's like... I immediately thought of species, so I was thinking sequel to Ponyo. It could be, it could be, it could be an an older, uh, you know, an adult Ponyo, or maybe like a Ponyo and Sosuke have had a child, and uh, mm-hmm. this child is half human, half fish, chicken, and they have to eat human flesh to maintain the human form. Um, Would it be live action or animated? It would be both. It would be like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So Ponyo and, <laughs> Ponyo and Sosuke would be animated as they were in the in the Ghibli film. Um, but the 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 offspring, the son, daughter, or, or person uh, would be um, entirely made by uh, um, Stan Winston's special effects uh, yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With assistance from Screaming Mad George, or Phil, Phil Tippett. Yeah, Phil Tippett. Um, any, all of them. The, the lot of Screaming Mad George. Yep. All of them. Get them in. It needs to look as horrifying as possible. Um and it would just be yeah, it would be it would be it would be Ponyo and Sosuke's uh, offspring wants to return to the sea to claim their birthright and they decimate the planet and there's a huge huge war. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking a multi. It's it, all, it made me think of Avatar as well. It could be like right, a body so, horror. I mean, is, Avatar basically is a body horror film, and like, yeah. it made me think of oh, we could set up four or five sequels of this, you know, horrifying twisted flesh monster. It's like a chicken bird that tries to take the world over and destroy it. I don't think that Ghibli would be particularly interested in that as a sequel idea. But hey, uh, who knows? But. I usually try to outdo what the other person guesses, but honestly, that's a fucking awesome idea. Um, I don't even know if I could add on to it. I love that. This, I mean, obviously, 
the conscripted love story has to stay. Otherwise the world will end. So they must still be together. And I love that this like child, so we could turn into like a family horror mm-hmm. story. And I love that returning to the sea, that could be the, the subtitle rather mm. than his usual bullshit of his, the real title to this is Ponyo on it's on the cliff the, by the seashore? On the, yeah, more prepositional phrases. He's obsessed with... Maybe Japanese... I don't speak Japanese. Maybe Japanese is sort of just lulls you into an appreciation for the prepositional phrase. But mm. uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind is doesn't really work in English. But I think Ponyo, too, Return to the Sea. Ponyo, too, something. Return to the Sea, yeah. The Return? Ponyo, too, Body Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Ponyo to the bloodening. <laughs> so, would you want more? Like, are you asking when will it end, or do do you think there's room for growth? I would. I want more on the condition that it's exactly as I described it in in my in my proposed okay. sequel. Um, no, it doesn't. Even, they don't even have to spawn multi sequels. But I would just love to see. I mean, it's reminded me actually of a of another. I guess body horror film called Spring. I believe it came out in 2014 about a man that falls in love with a woman who doesn't turn out to be quite as human as he thought she was. Oh yeah, yeah, I've, and, seen, I've um, seen that one. That is a very like you know, I mean, it's a bit it lays it on a bit thick, but it has a reasonably yes. well done sort of romance, like albeit heteronormative uh, story in there, and it's also pretty horrifying. Um, and also the film Possession, the 1980s Sam Neill, mm-hmm. Isabella Ajani joint, that kind of thing. I want to see. I want to see Ponyo Ponyo two, and I want to see it eight, like an eighteen R rating, just head fuck of the highest order, really, because they so, they they started it off in this. <laughs> so, and, but I, I think you're right. I was about to ask, like, does this even need to be a continuation of Ponyo at this point? But I think you're right. I think there is something so weird about the girl fish chicken squid mm. dress like that is an image that belongs to ponyo and i think that would need to carry forward for the next one to make sense so yeah i'm also i agree i'm I'm not asking when will it end because i think if the right person got involved perhaps you and turned this into a uh like actually was like oh this is weirder than we think it is um sort of story i think that would be amazing i mean i'm i'm available i'm available for uh you know you are i'm available if you need me to direct a multi-million dollar um hollywood movie or even a really cheap cult like thing i can do porno whatever like whatever like i'm i'm here hire me (laughs) available (laughs) what um so yeah if i did need that i would also then need the money though right i couldn't just need it and then ask you to do it no because i don't i don't have any money no i have no money (laughs) okay well that's good to know we'll we'll make sure to find maybe um cameron would like this project diaz that would fucking suck oh james cameron i thought you meant cameron diaz oh let's yeah i'll talk to her is she any good at directing get her in brilliant we'll do it wonderful she'd probably cheap she's never done it before (laughs) (laughs) me too um (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> Do you have an MVP? Does anyone for to bubble up of the sea of weird bullshit to like stand out as a character that you loved or hated mm. or what are yeah, MVP. Again, I'm kind of I've got a, a little two person race for MVP. I well, I wanted to say the seniors on, on the whole. Maybe just I'll just say them. the seniors, but with special regard to I believe Yoshi 
and Toki. Yoshi yeah. is the is voiced by Betty White in the mm-hmm. in the dub, which I love. And it, it she like just hearing Betty White's voice is just like ah, there she is, Betty White. Right. Just comforting. Yes, I think the getting one of the unknown Jonas brother and um the unknown Cyrus, right? It was yes. the siblings to two very famous yeah. people who are bad at pretending to be children. That sucks. But the old ladies, they fucking got Lily Tomlin, uh, Betty White, and I think one other really famous person. And that's that was really great. And I enjoyed the character of Toki all the way through almost like tinfoil hat levels of like Oh, the sea's up to something. You don't nothing good comes from the sea. And then, like, she confronts the Liam Neeson sea wizard, and she's just like, "You son of a bitch!" Yeah, how dare you hurt these children? And like, standing up at the end, you know, where Sosuke and Ponyo are escaping from the the horrible big water monster, and she's like, hold, you no, know, holding out, holding her arms out for Sosuke as he jumps off the little pier, jumps like a meter and a half into an old lady's yeah. arms, and she gets water yeah. spilled on her face. God, his neck, like breaks too it like his head bends the wrong way it reminded me of like a football injury oh god yeah it's like he's gonna need to lie down after that for yeah sure. but i really enjoyed yeah i think it, it really pointed out to me a thing in that i kind of enjoy in in the ghibli films that i've seen certainly you know this one and and, and porco rosso of how Ghibli films will portray like kids as having like you know lovely wild crazy adventures and old like, old folks like the seniors being like sort of jolly and just being like ho 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 and then anyone in their late 30s or 40s is having the worst time ever yeah like Lisa's pissed off with her partner he's on the ship all the time like that sort of thing and it 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 reminded me of that and I just got that kind of like real it was kind of the only point of the film where I got the warm fuzzy feeling of oh that's cute where Toki saved Ponyo and Sosuke it's like the the least horrifying actually quite sweet part of the film which is saying something because Ponyo is actually in that part of the film. <laughs> I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's a great... So you're, you're going with the ladies, the old ladies? I'm going with the seniors, yeah, with the, with the honourable mentions to Toki and Yoshi, for sure. I love that you've been you've done two episodes now and you've chosen groups of... You chose the girls, the, the swimming girls. The school girls, girls in, from, yes, Porco Rosso. And they were incredible. Maybe, maybe that, that took place about... What, that was post-war... Do you think those are the survivors Fuck. of the swimming oh, girls? They mind. live by the sea. <laughs> wow! You might have oh picked the God, same Mark. MVP twice. I'm gonna get on Reddit. Uh, let's see. Let's see what the people on R slash theories about Ghibli movies are saying. I guess. You should post that. That's that a great theory. Inter- that's really interesting because they had the same energy when the seniors were healed by yeah. Liam Neeson. Um, they had the same mischievous energy as the right. the schoolgirls did when they were literally kidnapped by pirates and just dicking about and being like, "You guys suck." Yeah, and it's a benign mischievousness. It is, yeah. It's that. It is. It's it's that almost like the opposite of the mischievousness or you know dickishness that Sosuke has in this. Of like, well, li- when little girls are rascals, they do this, but when little boys are rascals, they do this. It's kind of right. a symptom of that. But I prefer the schoolgirls more because they're cool and funny. They're so fucking awesome. Shit. So you know. yeah. <laughs> what about your MVP? Who are you who are you picking? I think I've got to, for the sake of the best embodiment of what the story represented to me, I think I've got to go uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I think yeah. the guy who's barely in the movie, who's like, "Fuck this! This shit sucks." I'm gonna hang with my homies on my boat because I'm a boat guy. 
Like that makes sense to me. Like, yeah, just get the fuck out of this place. This place oh, is God, weird. I would, like that. I would be on that boat with with my boy Koichi slash like, Matt Damon. What are we do? What are we having for dinner, Koichi? How's the missus? Have you got your torch ready so you can have a little? I know. Bug bug off. I I wondered what it was actually. That was such a crazy thing to hear oh, over the, and over um, again. Bug off. B u g o f f. Yeah, in the, in the Japanese uh, translation, because I was curious about that as well. In the Japanese dub, she's shouting "baka" b a k a, which is the Japanese word for idiot. Yeah. So okay. it's like a really, I think it's like a really easy thing to do on like Morse code. So that's why they were doing that. But that's it, true. B a k a. Yeah, and I yeah. Was just like, but yeah, they chose "bug off" for the English dub. Wild choice. I mean, I guess it's nicer than calling. But I mean, that's yeah. That's I would I. W- I respect the the boat idiot for just sort of yeah. staying out of it. Stay out of it. That's the main message for me is just don't get involved with Ponyo in any way. It yeah, doesn't make sense. Nothing good can you come. Don't like it. Just find some friends and go go on a boat. That's the best option for you. If, if you see a Ponyo in your in your neighborhood, well, there'll be a number at the end of this episode that you can call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get your blowtorch or <laughs> yeah, you fire throw or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. whatever Link. you need, whatever you need. Yeah, <laughs> if you've been affected by issues talked about in this podcast, you... <laughs> but yeah, I think, that's, I think that that's a fine choice. I think he had the right idea. Just stay out of the way. Like, there's <laughs> nothing, nothing good's happening over there. If the worst that you get is um, a little bug off message from your wife. Hey, that's just mm. that's you know it's the price you pay to live the boat guy lifestyle. That's it aspirational is what it is it's aspirational yeah well thank you so much for I, I don't know that i could have talked this through with anyone else you 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 brought your love of body horror to the thing that i picked up on as well and it was really wonderful to to bounce the ideas around with you i've enjoyed it immensely as always well maybe there'll be more of you in the future for when will it end but is there anything um you've been up to anything that you'd want to share with your uh I, I got your zine, which I Yay. loved. It's really great. Your art is oh, thank you. incredible. Oh, that's so kind. Yeah, I mean, I've got a zine that people can buy, and I'll post it anywhere in the world. So all 10 mm-hmm. of you listening, I've got loads of copies. You can have, like, two each. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, I, and I make music. Uh, I have a band camp for that, and I'm sure you'll chuck some links somewhere in the podcast world that mm-hmm. people can click on. Um but yeah, I, I've most recently been up to sitting down and not doing much because I'm on break from my job till the 9th of January. Yay. So whoop, whoop. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much. Um, Thank you. And uh, yeah, next up is, I think Josh is coming back to end out the series. So that, who knows? Wow. He's he's abandoned me in the past and he'll abandon me in the future. But maybe this time he'll he'll be there for all of us. Maybe. Just, you know, that's the dream. Yeah. I wonder what he'd have made of Ponyo. We'll never know. Oh, I forgot to make a cum joke. Josh told me to make a cum joke. Um, I guess when Ponyo spits water out of her mouth, when she's in the bucket, it looks a bit like ejaculate. That's the best I've got. Done it. We're done. Podcast's over, everybody. (laughs) Hey, that's another way out. Wait, no, you should also say you have to shit or something. And I'm going to go and take a shit. There we go. Thank you. Waste management comes in. (laughs) 